Welcome to Sourcing Journal Radio, a regular check-in with apparel industry insiders and thought leaders, which spotlights a variety of topics currently driving change in the market. This podcast series is made possible by Cotton Incorporated, a not-for-profit company funded by U.S. cotton producers and importers, and whose mission is to increase the demand and profitability of cotton. Discover what cotton can do. Welcome to Rivet 50 Radio. I'm Edward Hertzman, founder and president of Sourcing Journal and Rivet. Today we're speaking with Alberto De Canti, head of the fashion division at Rudolph Group, a textile chemistry company. Alberto, welcome and thank you for joining. Thank you, Heidi, for having me here. My first question, Alberto, is you work out of Rudolph Group's Denim Innovation Center called uh, Hub 1922. It's uh, outside of Milan. Can you tell us more about this part of Rudolph's business and the type of project you work on? Hub 1922 is a uh, it's a small yet hyperactive unit within the Rudolph Group. As a group, we are about to turn 100 years old. In fact, Rudolph was founded in 1922 in Bavaria, and that's you know where Hub takes the name from. Actually, globally speaking, Rudolph's uh, traditions, strengths, vocation are rooted into um, continuous processing, yarn and fabric pigment, functional performance, rather than fashion effects and and then, you know. So, if if you look at international landscape of chemical companies that specializes on textile, you you will realize that, uh, well, first of all, there is there is many of them. There is plenty of them. Uh, some are for fabrics, uh, some are for garments. Many, many look at fashion, not much at uh, outdoor and performance, whereas other focus on outdoor performance rather than fashion. So many chemical companies talk about the environment, actually all of them, you know, we are forced to these days, but only a few really internationally are really credible. Some chemical companies are trying to be creative and just a few are being very or really innovative. Now, nobody does it all. Nobody really tells a story. The Rudolph Group aims at being the unmatched one-stop shopping destination for function, fashion, innovation and creativity for textiles and apparel. So within this mission, Hub1922 is clearly looking at garment processing and denim, which was the missing link for the group before. So in terms of projects, I'm going back to your question, we we work with uh, apparel and brands and retailers out of Milan, as well as international manufacturers to research and unveil what's coming next. Now, we are definitely more interested in projects and ideas that write a, a new presence and future for the denim industry rather than marketing traditional solutions, you know, or upgrade of existing solutions. So uh, a follow-up on Hub 2019-22. You've launched everything from more efficient laser finishing to this quote-unquote denim Botox which of your new products do you see making the biggest impact in the denim industry today? <laughs> denim Botox was, was, a, was a big hit as uh, this uh, textile cosmetic used to, I mean, it was launched to improve the recovery of, of, of stretch denim. So what we have learned out of that experience is that uh, the industry is, is still somehow not prepared to embrace something that is, that is that expensive. You know, it works for other textile, but not necessarily for denim. Now, the big promise these days is what we have 
just launched, I mean, we launched it in October last year, and we call Laser Smooth. Um, th this is really exciting. It's, it's an auxiliary that you very, very simply apply to uh, denim garments before lasering, okay? So after laser, and on basically any fabric, so indigo, surfer, you name it, you get an incredible, authentic look, which is very much comparable to what you can achieve through the highly sort of desirable and iconic hand scraping. It, it is real craftsmanship achieved through technology. And I, you know, the first time that I heard about this, and this was developed by one of our co colleagues in Turkey, I was, you know, I was sort of smiling. And after I saw the first results, I, I stopped smiling. It's, it's after so many years, I'm, I'm excited to see something that, provided there is a laser, can truly replace potassium permanganate. And the only trade-off is that you get a much better look. Uh, so far, it's been tested and adopted in Turkey, Italy, Bangladesh, China, Pakistan. And, and whoever sees the results really jumping around in excitement, it's unbelievable. It's like serotonin, to use the pressure. Um, more seriously, this is definitely a major step towards a, a more modern and, and conscious denim process. During COVID, one of your group's biggest launches was your washless denim product. Can you explain its benefits and how it meets the new consumer demands of today? Let's clarify the washless denim is a combination of two sophisticated technologies, you know, that are proprietary of Google. And, and the concept addresses the opportunity for reduced uh, domestic washing. As you said, we have uh, launched it during COVID and it was embraced by a few uh, groups. Let, let me let me just mention one, okay? It was Kenneth Benetton that uh, brought it in into the um, only collection, okay? And uh, he's been running a few a few seasons now with that and uh, he's, he's, he's testing it around and I think he's getting really good insights uh, from the markets. I'm not sure there is actually a demand from consumers about this and and for a demand to be there some some education is required it is my opinion that truly responsible apparel brands and retailers should share knowledge with their customers educate them push them in the right directions providing better quality longer lasting garments etc they have an opportunity to design products differently these days and guide their customers to have a different caring attitude towards their garments. Washing every 10 times a product is war instead of every two times. You know, you, you can save energy, climate uh, impact and water up to 80%. It's, it's, it's impressive. Now, ourselves as individuals, the, the single best thing we can do for our planet is, is to use our stuff longer. You know, there is a, there's plenty of initiatives out there. There are like um, leading personalities that are actually sending out that message. And we can actually wash that stuff less. That is particularly true for denim. Regardless of one's lifestyle, denim really, as you all know, we are all denim lovers. Denim bears our own history. It's timeless. There are abrasions, scraping, and small stains that are anecdotes of our existence. Maybe I'm, I'm getting too romantic. I don't know. But it's a second skin that can be irreparably destroyed by excessive care, washing, drying. You know, laundry erases everything. So by, by washing less, we save huge amount of water and energy, extended quality, and, and we preserve the romance. I think it's you know fair that we 
let consumer, consumers know about this. Was it hard, Alberto, to introduce new technology and innovation during during COVID? You know, are people open to having conversations? Or are they more in this kind of you know survival mode? I, I think uh, I think that it was uh, it was twofold. It was extremely difficult to to introduce anything commercially. You know, I think that was not. Uh, it was nobody's priority, you know. Everybody's priority, understandably, was to was to survive, you know, to understand what was going on, what to do, etc. So commercially, it was extremely difficult. But on the other hand, because everybody was basically locked at home with a lot of time with their hands, it was great to have conversations with the different groups and the different individuals, so to prepare for a future you know, for, for now. So now we can build on previous conversations that we had. Okay. So, you know, it, it was a bit of the two things. Let's talk about another introduction that the Rudolph Group recently had. You recently introduced durable water repellent technologies. Can you tell us again how this is a game-changing and, and going to revolutionize the market, in your, in your opinion? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this is, as a group, this is our latest launch. It was launched at the beginning of January. It is truly um, revolutionary, indeed. Um, but let me, let me take a quick step back, though. The Rudolph Group is the sort of indisputable guardian of, of, of a certain knowledge, okay? Especially when it comes to pioneering technology that help transforming the textile and fashion industry. A shining, shining example of, of conscious leadership played by the Rudolf Group over the past couple of decades is the invention and introduction of the so-called fluorine-free water repellency for textile and apparel. That was introduced to replace the so-called C6 and C8 fluorocarbons. What story is narrated in the movie Dark waters, you know, in case you've seen it. Since uh, 2003, fluorine free products have gradually convinced the industry that water resistance can be achieved through the study and replica of natural models. In fact, biomimicry, so the study of nature and the study of how lotus leaves and, and bird feathers protect themselves from water. Those studies were instrumental in developing the, the very first fluorine-free DWI. Now, 15 years later, so today, the Rudolph Group does it again, to quote Britney Spears, and takes a, a significant leapfrog. We are, we are the ones, only ones, that push the R&D boundaries well beyond fluorine-free, embracing nature and introducing Water repellent performance entirely, I say entirely, based on natural components. So it's basically performance taken directly from nature. There is no synthesis, there is no chemistry for, from oil going on, and this is game changing from a you know technology technological perspective. We are launching two distinctive product propositions entirely manufactured from natural sources that do not compete with human or animal nutrition. One comes from uh, as, a, as a extracts or a mix of extracts of uh, natural plants, okay? The other one comes from vegetal waste from food processing, okay? So this one, this second one in particular, it, I find it quite amazing because we, our, our colleagues from R&D, they went 
getting the active principle from the, the waste of cereals. So from that part of cereals, that is not good for anything else than, you know, be thrown away as, you know, compostable. From that fraction, they are taking something extremely valuable for, for the textile industry. And it's a great example of sort of cradle to cradle or, you know, circular economy. It's a, it was a beautiful process to see during R&D and, and it's transformational. So these two new products represented a next generation of chemistry entirely or predominantly based on natural sources. And um, I mean, if you ask me, they, they really capture that emerging trend and logic of performance rooted in biocarbon. So I want to pivot a little bit. I know you're on the board of uh, the Transformers Foundation. Um, I think what Andrew is doing is, is truly fantastic. Um, what are some of the exciting initiatives you're working on through this platform? Working with Andrew is already fantastic, you know, and uh, and I have the pleasure and honor, pleasure especially, to be to be at the board of the of the foundation. There is there is a lot going on with the foundation, especially if you consider how how young the initiative is and how small the teams. So obviously, the ethical report. As the kind of paper that you know the foundation wants to issue about the situation of the fashion denim industry controversial perhaps but definitely about speaking the truth and fostering genuine collaboration throughout the value chain as of today based on the you know, ethical report that was launched in the end of last year we have over 40 mills endorsing our eighth ethical principles of buying, which is unheard of. I mean, this is really sort of a new zeitgeist. It's a sign of time. And we are also establishing a, an ethical council whose mission would be to pinpoint and encourage the adoption of those eight ethical principles of buying and other ethical behaviors. Then let me think of, ah, the, well, of course, the educational events, Transformers ID, our regular webinars called The Truth, tackling confusing, unsupported claims, greenwashing, cotton-related issues, debatable data, you name it. Actually, um, the episode about uh, regenerative agriculture and denim is about to come up, so take a note of that. Just want to uh, mention that if uh, for anyone listening that may not know the Andrew we, we are referring to, that's Andrew Ola from the Kingpin Trade Show, Ola Inc., and obviously the Transformers Foundation that Alberto and I uh, just mentioned. Um, Alberto, another question. What is your team working on now? Or what are some new developments that people could expect to see, you know, 2021 and beyond? The team, uh, both in Germany and in Italy, is, is, is totally immersed into the development of applications that maximize the introduction of a new generation of chemistry. And as I said, and I repeat it because it's important, we are we are more interested in writing a sort of a new future rather than you know keep marketing the same chemistry all over. And, you know that is not really sustainable. So, for example, we are working on process chemicals for denim based on post-consumer waste, and and we look forward to actually understanding whether the industry will will embrace you know these new solutions. We are asking ourselves. What would we do if oil were to dry up and finish off tomorrow? Or we are asking ourselves, 
what people would like to find in Denim after months or even years now of lockdown, you know, for their physical and especially emotional well-being. So these are examples of thought routes or processes that we are going through because modern chemical R&D, what, what we in Rudolf, we call it aspirational chemistry. It is a journey of discovery and a, and a decisive agent of positive change that we hope can help transform the textile industry at large and particularly the denim industry. Alberto, you know, if you had a look into a crystal ball, when do you kind of think we are going to start to resume some type of normality? When do you think uh, you and I will be having coffee face to face at a show or, you know, in a major city? I, I, still, I still want to believe that um, we have to go through a few difficult months and we need to get to May. And with May, summer, at least in our hemisphere, will, will come up. And therefore, as we've seen last year, we can go back to a more relaxed life. And then as of September or October come, there, there might be you know, enough vaccines to uh, cover a significant part of the population so that with, you know, autumn comes, we can probably be, you know, more free to move and more free to hug. That's, that's, that's what I really hope. The obstacle that I see is these variants that keep coming up. And, and I hope the media, you know, really stop talking about that because I'm not quite sure those are a danger. So my answer is October. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's tough to predict. You know, it's unfortunate January has been a tough month for, for the virus, but it's encouraging to see that the vaccine is rolling out and people are getting it. And and I do agree it's going to be a few difficult months until we're able to get the vaccine into, into enough people's arms around the world and have some type of herd immunity. But at that point, I'm, I, I tend to agree. I'm hoping by the fall we're able to resume some type of normalcy and then into 2022. But it's interesting to see how businesses have really pivoted and, and people's lives have even changed and people are becoming accustomed to living and working like this. So it's it's unusual times to say the, list, the, the least. I think we're going to look back in 20, 30 years and this is uh, certainly uh, chapters in a history book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, future generations, of course, are going to read about this. But again, you know, I'm sure that October comes and we'll be having a beer together in, you know, Akin Pings, October in Amsterdam. From your lips to God's ears, Alberto, I want to thank you again for taking the time to speak with uh, me today. I know you and I could go back and forth for a while, but I want to be respectful of your time. And a big congratulations on being a Rivet 50 member, class of 2020. Uh, This is a huge honor, especially considering we had over 12,000 people this past year vote. So this is your peers, your friends, your competitors, your foes. (laughs) They are all acknowledging the great work that you are doing uh, and have voted to to make you one of the top 50 most influential people in the industry. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much, Eddie, and to River 50 Radio for the opportunity. Thank you very much. To hear more conversations like this, visit sourceandjournal.com and click podcast. 